Hey, today's podcast is brought to you in part by, you guessed it, Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash profane argument or click the audible link on our website profaneargument.com over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument podcast for March 21st, 2017. Uh, we are streaming live to YouTube. We start Tuesdays around 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Profane Arg, or you could listen to the fully edited show on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. My name is Ray, and along with me are. Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. This week, we're going to be talking about, uh, we got a, a lot of state laws going into effect that I think are relevant, and uh, the state law March Madness, uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later, uh, some news from the White House, and what I have against the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, what? Yeah. But first, uh, we're going to start with some Bible questions. Again, the reason that I want to start with the uh, Bible questions is I'm asking them in order to put, point out some silly ideas that are contained in the Bible, and that actually might give you a clue as to what the correct answers are, but I think it's worth it. Nope. It's all about the points, dude. <laughs> yeah. So the first question. <laughs> it is for me. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's familiar with Gideon in the Bible, but uh, question number one is, how did Gideon demonstrate his family values? A, he lived with a young boy named Jether. B, he and his wife, Oprah, had three sons who became spiritual leaders. C, he uh, fathered 71 sons through many wives and a mistress in Sechem. Or D, he remained single, becoming the inspiration for St. Paul. Uh, I believe we're starting with Jared this time. Oh, great. <laughs> I need those two to help me because I don't know shit about the Bible. <laughs> And I don't know who Gideon is, but I'm going to go. What was the question again, real quick? How did he demonstrate his family values? Hmm. I'm going to go with, uh, I believe, B, which was that he f the sons became spiritual leaders. Yeah, that one. Right. B. That is B. Hmm. Uh, who's next? Karen. No, Karen went second last time. Ian. Okay. Okay. C. C. He had 71 children <sighs> with multiple women and a mistress. Okay. Garrett? Yeah, that I was gonna. I'm choosing that one as well because that's the least family value one. <laughs> well, no, because you've got to bring more people into the service of God. Well, but the question was about you know family values, right? So that's well, a, it, it's kind of a double. It, yeah, he loves his family so much he needed seventy one of them. <laughs> uh, the okay. question, the I'm sorry, the answer is C. Uh, Gideon Woo! had three score and ten sons. Of his body begotten, for he had many wives, and, and including a concubine that was in Sechem. Well, no daughters at all? Or they just didn't mention oh, them? that didn't matter. That's... Oh. <laughs> How is that a family value, though? Yeah, exactly. It isn't in any way. All right, how do you two know so much about this shit? Because you get these answers right all the time. <laughs> and you and it's not like you listen to the question and you're like, oh, this is the most logical answer. Because that was not the most logical answer. <laughs> well, I think Ray is a sarcastic being. So, I mean, family values is, in, you know, invisible air quotes. <laughs> oh, well, if I'd known that. 
All right. I see how the... Okay, go ahead. Shoot, Ray. Give me number one. I'll get this He's ready right. now. Gloves are off. All right. Question number, yeah. question number two. Uh, after Jephthah was victorious in battle, what sacrifice did he burn on the altar as he vowed to the Lord? Himself, his livestock, two unspotted lambs, or his virgin daughter? Hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is one of my favorite moral stories in the Bible, by the way. I love this, because no Christian can ever explain to me the moral oh. value that it's supposed to give. Thanks for the hint. Yeah. It's the virgin daughter. <laughs> Ian? Um, I think they're all devoid of moral value. Um, <laughs> That's true. But I'm going to go with uh, C again, the unspotted. Huh. No, I'm going to go with the virgin daughter. D, final answer. <laughs> Uh, the answer is his virgin daughter. So mm-hmm. he promised to the Lord, this, and this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, that whatever cometh forth from my doors to meet me when I return from conquering the children of Ammon. Well, I don't know what he expected to come out his front door, <laughs> but it was his daughter. And his daughter pled with him to not kill her and to give her uh, 30 days to uh, go into the woods and pray. And so he gave her 30 days, and her and her friends went in the woods and prayed, and then he went and found her and then uh, burned her on the altar. Moral wow. story. There you go. What, what is the moral lesson? I don't know. Do Nobody's been ever been able to tell me that. Okay. Do what you promised to God? Uh, yeah, apparently. Mm. And Eesh. at one point, Jesus uh, referenced Jephthah as being a righteous man. So, after this happened? Well, yeah, far after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jephthah's in the Old Testament, so... Oh, well, we're down Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jared, you ready? Yep. What price did David pay King Saul for his first wife? So David was given a wife, but what Saul's, uh, I think it was uh, Saul's daughter. But in any case, uh, what did price did he pay? A, 500 cattle. B, the heads of 100 Philistines. C, the foreskins of 200 Philistines. Or D, the swords, shields, and horses of 300 Philistines. I'm going with C, foreskins, just because the logistics sounds really hard. <laughs> I'm doing that. Ian? Uh, man, I was originally attracted to the odd man out because cattle is such a standard dowry. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's, you don't pay dowry in reverse. You're supposed to get those cattle for taking that daughter off his hands. <laughs> but yeah, mm. I like, by like, I mean, I favor the answer C, the foreskin. I don't actually like 200 foreskin of those four Philistines. God, that's, damn. Yeah, let's go with C. Okay. Karen? Uh, What was it? Shields and um, swords? Shields, swords, and horses of 300 Philistines. Horses? Oh, that seems awfully valuable. The rest of it, I mean, the cows are valuable, but that's, yeah, that's two. I'm going to go with the, the horses and the shields and stuff okay the answer is c foreskins of 200 philistines (laughs) why who would want that who would collect that saul said that he had to to go and bring him one the foreskins of 100 philistines and he went out and brought him 200 just to show how much he wanted his daughter Hmm. i think it's daughter i'm not 100 percent on that but in any case it was 200 (laughs) foreskins which if you think about the logistics of that that's gross yeah Mm -hmm. all right here's another another one how many regular sexual partners did King Solomon have? A, one wife, 300 concubines. B, one wife, the concubines were servants. C, 300 wives. 
or D, 1,000 sexual partners? I'm going to go with A. Ian? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what, was, what was C again? Uh, C was 300 wives. Hmm. Yep, C. Karen? Um, King Herod? No, Solomon. No, King oh, Solomon. Solomon. Solomon, sorry. 300 wives. Nobody gets this one correct. No. The mm, answer is D, 1,000 mm. sexual partners. Mm. Uh, for First Kings listed that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Uh, Matthew and Luke both go on to say roughly the same thing. Huh. Wow. King Wilt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Wilt still had way more than that. <laughs> but not all at the same time. True. Uh, last question. What happened to f- the 42 little children who teased God's prophet Elisha for being bald? Uh, the first question is, or it's the first answer is, they were whipped by their parents. They were, they and their descendants to five generations were forbidden to enter the tabernacle. Two bears came out of the forest and killed them. <laughs> or they were forced to work seven years for the Levites as child slaves. I really hope the answer is C, the two bears. I want it so bad. <laughs> but I'm going to go with B. B is the, uh, the tabernacle. Forbidden. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Uh, Ian? Oh, man. That is tough. Um, mocking a prophet seems pretty severe. A, whipped. Whipped by their parents? Yeah. Uh, Karen? Uh, five generations barred from the tabernacle. Unfortunately, nobody gets this one correct. Uh-huh. Bears? The answer is two bears came out of the forest. <laughs> Why didn't I go with my gut? Uh, so I just love this story. This is from Second Kings. Elisha went up thence to Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth children out of the city. It specifically says little children. Uh, they mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. He turned back, looked at them, cursed at them. Uh, in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. <laughs> wow. Uh, so don't mock the bald prophet, I think Seriously. is the moral lesson. As a bald man, I'm enjoying this story more and more. <laughs> <laughs> and can I learn that superpower? Uh, you just have to curse in God's name, apparently, and then okay. 42 kids can be ripped apart in front of you. That is awfully <laughs> harsh for a child. Don't you th- do these children go to heaven or hell? What happens to them after this bear kills them? <laughs> That's not part of the moral story. <laughs> oh, so they, we just don't know? I mean, well, They would... mocked someone and then got killed. I'm just assuming they went to hell for that. They're going to be punished for all eternity. Innocent. Wow. Yeah. And we're assuming all 42 of them were all on board for this? Like, it wasn't like five or ten started and the rest of them just kind of was like, well, we're just standing here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, that's how the story goes. So on to, uh, I, those are two of my favorite stories. I, Jephthah and the, the bears, those two are just fantastic. I nobody, nobody likes explaining those stories. If you, if you want to make a priest uncomfortable, <laughs> ask them about the moral stories of Jephthah and the killing of 42 children. Um, what are our points at now? Oh, sure. I suppose you'd want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe currently Ian and Karen are still tied oh, right. at 10 points, and Jared is at seven. Seven? Seven. Oh, man. You can make it all up in one one next next week. Yeah, you just got to Not read. next week. But. Yeah, if these two stop guessing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so on to, uh, on to our state news. Well, well, this is actually a follow-up from a previous state news article. The Alabama Senate Committee okayed the police force for the Briarwood Presbyterian oh. Church. I remember this story. I'm sad already. Yeah, so it's one step closer to uh, having its own police force. And so we found out a little bit more about this. This is apparently not state-funded as the original – I think it was just comments on the original article. We're talking about how it was Mm. state-funded. But it says that the church will pay for its officers, according to NBC News. But – they they are looking to get an actual police force in the Briarwood Presbyterian Church, and their reasoning is that they have a school, a 200-student uh, church school. But it doesn't say if it's a day school or a, you know, a, a residential school, though. It, I can't imagine it's a residential school. I looked this place up on the map. It, it, there's no way they have room for dorms. Okay. It's just – it's not that big. I mean, the real problem I have with this, of course, is the, the separation of church and state. If, if, for example, and this, I know this never happens, but one of, one of these Presbyterian ministers touched a child in the church, the jurisdiction falls to the police force that the church owns and pays for. So even no. if, yeah, it, that cannot be true. Yeah, absolutely. That's where the, that's where the crime occurred. Just, just as, as if you know, in, you know, in state college here, we've got you know a couple out, out boroughs outside. If the, if the crime happens in town, the Ferguson Township Police don't get to do anything about it. It's the jurisdiction of the state college police. Right, but these these church police officers are they going to be trained at the police academy? Yes, they are police. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So they're just so they're going to get actual cops to be there. Yes, they're okay. having their own police force, which means any crime that happens in the church. Child molestation, for as an example. I mean, they're Baptists, but you know, or Presbyterians, whatever. Um, but that they would have jurisdiction, and they are being paid by the church. The, the point of the che- separation of church and state is so things like this don't happen. So they are supposed to be officially trained, but so apparently, right now, the argument is they live ten miles, according to this article on NBC. Uh, they the church is ten miles outside of Birmingham. It's actually uh, straddles the Jefferson and Shelby County border, and it is policed by both counties currently. So the area is also patrolled by uh, Vestavia Hills Police Department. I, I guess that's a those are county police, and these are like a local township police. Sure. They also hire off-duty law enforcement office, officers. To work at special events that they hold. Nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Currently. Right. No. I No, there's nothing wrong with that. But this is to get them their own standing police force. Uh, it does not get them, like we said before, it doesn't get them a jailhouse or anything like that. They wouldn't have to use one of the other county jailhouses. But so here's here's the thing. Here's what Randall Marshall, who is the ACLU acting executive director, what he said is vesting state police powers in a church police force violates the establishment clause of the First Amendment. These bills unnecessarily carve out special programs for religious organizations and intertwine state authority and power with church operations. Yeah. So that's the argument. That's the main argument against. And the argument for is basically, look what happened at Sandy Hook. Yeah. Do you think that's what they really wanted or what do you think their angle is? I have to think that what they really want is to make sure that their parishioners and their students are protected. Well, they can do that with a private security force, though. Why do they need to have a police force? Well, I don't know. The high school in my area has a cop 
that's just dedicated to them that's like on their payroll yeah i think it, it varies you know, the, the local state college school also has they have an embedded police officer but he's he, he's just part of the force he's just dedicated to the school so the kids all know him right he's part of the the township borough he's employed yeah. by the township by the borough police force right. yeah oh see it's the other way he has his own car and everything but it says <laughs> like high school police he's an actual cop <laughs> but yeah, yeah, see, I have- didn't know that. When I went to State College area high school, we had a security guard who later went on to join the police force, hmm. but I assume that he had abandoned his position at the high school once he was a full officer. He might have, but he probably had to go into rotation. I mean, that's a pretty cushy deal working for that yeah. high school, I think, so. <laughs> well, I'd have to say it's not worth getting up in arms about this until something – if something does go down and – well, it, it's, the police force seems to act. I mean, if it's if they have students there, then it's not crazy, you know. We already well, let's just, let me put it this way: we already know they're fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. So for them to think that a Sandy Hook thing might happen to them, it's not, you know, it's understandable, sort of. Yeah, but but well, why an actual police force? Why not just security? Yeah, well, since they have security, they have you know uh, off-duty policemen that they hire for special events and, and things like that. I don't know why they couldn't have a you know. A security force, a security I – mean, you can have a security – you can even have them armed. You can yeah. get – you know, I I don't know. Uh, so you're other, saying they do want the faith militant. See, I don't know why they want it more. I really don't. The one the other quote that I wanted to bring up, the state senator Roger Smitherman, who is a Democrat, represents uh, Birmingham, uh, said that he voted to get it out of committee. So he voted to approve it after getting assurances that they would act like a real police force and that they would not be an agency that covers things up. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as they promise not to do that, that's cool. <laughs> Did they cross yeah. their fingers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that very amusing that one thing that you brought up was, well, you know, they could cover things up. And yeah. <laughs> one Democrat is like, well, they said they wouldn't cover things up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be about 10 years from now that senator's dead and gone. Their promise can be broken. I mean, yeah, it just sets a, it sets a bad precedent. I mean, these people... Terrible precedent. Yeah. These, and once you allow these people to do it, then you allow the super crazies to do it. I mean, can you imagine if... if what if this was a Catholic church? Would you feel different? Again, using the same criteria, I guess not. I, I, I just feel like... If they're if they're if you're telling me that they really just want to protect themselves, then I don't have a problem with it. If you think if you're telling me that there's probably another nefarious thing that they actually want to cover up shit, then it's bad. But until I guess that happens, right? Well, then it's too late. Right? They want to use. No, no, these, I get that. They, but they want to use these police and their authority to essentially shake down people who disagree with them. Yeah. This is going to be because then, the, like Karen said, it's going to be another church that wants a police force and another church, and then these poor persecuted evangelical Baptists are going to be like, what? Those people won't let us put the nativity scene here at City Hall. Go take your billy clubs and beat them. And they will. Yeah. Okay, but then that would be that would be like the next town over cops coming to your town and doing that, wouldn't it? Wait, what? <laughs> like you're saying they're going to send the, the cops from the church into town, down to the town hall, and with billy clubs so they can put the nativity scene <laughs> Is that what you just said to me? No. <laughs> well, not like anywhere they want in the town. Right. Well, why so wouldn't you? Outside of the church, out of their jurisdiction. If your students are uh, leaving the church grounds or school grounds in order to do a play somewhere at the Capitol building, of course they're going to want the security to uh, to go there as well. Mm. So that so that police force that only has jurisdiction on the church grounds is going to go into town and follow these these people around uh, and surrounding area. 
I don't know. I mean, listen, you guys are putting a lot of really bad case scenarios at me. I don't know if that's actually going to – I mean, couldn't the state police come in and be like, no, you can't do that? They certainly certainly could, and they, they should. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I think it just – it really comes down to, like they said, the violation of the First Amendment. I don't think that it should go. I, but who knows because it's Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so I have a question that will lead into the next uh, the next thing. So what if it were a mosque? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not. I mean, no no place in Alabama is going to vote that a mosque can have its own police force. But, but uh, why not? If you're allowing the Presbyterians to do it, right? If you let right. one church do it, any religious organization should be able to do it. But you know they would fight tooth and nail against a a, a mosque having a police force. Absolutely, I can hear they the, would, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I can hear the cries of Sharia law from up here. <laughs> But they don't see the um, they don't see the problem in that they don't they don't understand the slippery slope that they're walking down. Well, maybe they'll stop when the first mosque asks for its own police force. <laughs> How about the first Church of Satan ask for theirs? <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait! Then Scientologists can get their own police force. <laughs> there, right? you oh, no. oh, there you go. There you go. Now look what you've done, Jared. <laughs> Talk myself right out of my own argument. <laughs> <laughs> it all seems so innocent. <laughs> so along with that, in Texas. Uh, we have a deputy attorney, attorney, sorry, deputy attorney general, Andrew Leone, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, investigating a school district because they have a prayer room in the school. And he is questioning whether certain people like um, certain religious groups were being discriminated against in the school because of this prayer room. Now that sounds that sounds fine. The attorney general, okay, that makes perfect sense. Let's qualify this a little bit though, because this attorney general has previously gone into school districts and fought for. There was a woman who put up a quote. Uh, it's actually a quote for, of all things from Charlie Brown. Uh, <laughs> the part where uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, where Linus starts saying the tr- the 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 story of Jesus's birth, right in the middle of the cartoon. Right. And he's like, right. oh, and there was born a son of David, blah, blah. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. the quote, but So she took that quote from Linus and put it on a six-foot banner and hung it up in her school. Wow. <laughs> and this was a uh, the school counselor. So when they were – when the principal or some sort of school board person came in and said, you, you really shouldn't do that. Please take that down. She complained and the attorney general came and defended her in a lawsuit that, that, when she was forced to take it down. So the attorney general is saying – that should be left up. What he's questioning is this prayer room, because according to what he heard on a news report, the prayer room is for the Muslim students to pray in. <laughs> and what he's questioning is, are the Christian students in the school being excluded and discriminated against because the Muslims are being allowed to pray in the room? Are the Christians excluded from the room when the, the Muslims are in there? As it or turns out... <laughs> As it turns out, no. Neither are the Hindus or the Buddhist student. <laughs> who They're all allowed to go pray. This room has been set aside during certain times of the day that if you want to go pray, they, they did the, the whole, if you, you know, you pray, the Muslim pray five times a day. Different Anyone who wants to go in there and pray, that's where you can go. You won't be bothered if you pray in there. Seems pretty reasonable. But, <laughs> but the attorney general heard that it was for the Muslims, mm. and now he's all up in arms about it. And he actually uh, appeared, on, appeared on Fox and Friends <laughs> uh, talking about this. And as it turns out, the the idiot, I can't remember his name, the blonde guy on Fox Steve and Friends. Steve Ducey? Ducey. Yeah. <laughs> he, he actually said, you don't really have any evidence that people are being excluded, do you? And the guy was like, well, no, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Ducey did some actual reporting, or 
I don't know if one question counts as reporting, but yeah, he uh, he actually did question it. So that's why he sent the letter. But but then uh, apparently the uh, uh, I don't know if it was the principal or the uh, superintendent. I think it was the superintendent of the school responded very publicly saying. This room, here's what this room is dedicated to. You need to back off. Seriously. This is, which state was this again? Texas. And this was their attorney general? Yes. Aren't there real fucking crimes going on in this state? (laughs) But this is the most important crime. I mean, he's sitting in his office in whatever the fucking capital of Texas is. I don't know what it is. Austin. Austin. Yeah. And, like, there's probably drug shit going on from Mexico and gang fights. And he's like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> there might be a crime at this prayer room in this one school in this backwater town. <laughs> yeah, somebody set aside an entire room for those Muslims. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Someone's little, trying to. <laughs> little do, does anybody realize the room is actually set aside. So that students can sneak in there and bang. <laughs> that was my first thought. I'm like, dude, I would totally table. use that in high school. <laughs> I got to go pray. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend spent a lot of time on her knees in that prayer room. <laughs> the new study hall. <laughs> Uh, but so there you go. There, that's what's going on in Texas. Uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up in Texas was that the apparently a U.S. appeals court, a federal appeal, appeals court on Monday said that uh, there was a, a, a suit uh, that came to them. A Texas school board was opening its meetings with a prayer and it was argued that uh, that was a violation of the Constitution. So the appeals court ruled that since no students were being forced to attend and that everyone was an adult in the uh, school board meetings, that everyone could choose whether or not they participated and therefore that the student-led prayers were not a violation of the U.S. Constitution. So they say, well, no student is is forced to be there and you're all adults. You can determine whether or not you're, you're going to participate in the student-led prayer, uh, so it's not a violation of the Constitution. Even well, I am just reading this article. Even the board members' polite in quotes requests that the audience stand during the invocations do not coerce prayer. The judge wrote, mm, "I think this is going to be appealed." Yeah, because that I mean, asking people to uh, to stand and yeah. take part. I mean, asking you to stand is asking you to take part in the prayer. Yeah. <coughs> When did school board meetings become such sacred events that you have to have a prayer before it? <laughs> I don't question. know. I'm wondering if if the school board meetings where I grew up had them, and I just never knew. Because I, I believe that they have prayer before uh, our township meetings in my town. I remember seeing something about it, and I'm just like, township meetings, school board meetings, you have to pray before these fucking things? I mean, a moment of silence, Pledge of Allegiance whatever pray actual. it's a fucking meeting yeah like it's when i go to my meeting. meeting tomorrow morning at 9 30 we better not have a fucking prayer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't get it i mean our township meetings they do the pledge of allegiance and i'm okay with that that's sure. that makes that makes perfect sense it's a government meeting yeah i don't like part of the pledge of allegiance but i just don't say that part it's a different argument so yeah yeah and when we were there, I didn't want to make a uh, you know a big deal out of it because I was there for another reason. But um, but uh, yeah, pick a prayer. Your battles, Ray. What was that? I said pick your battles. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, but a prayer in front of a government meeting—I don't even know how that. I guess it's just tradition at this point. I guess most likely dating way, way, way back. But I mean, yeah. like, if <laughs> it just seems so stupid. It's not like a funeral 
or a wedding, which, you know, some people would consider sacred. It's a fucking school board meeting. Yeah. Right. Like, let's get together and get some work done. Yeah. yeah. Like, do they go through this solemn prayer and then go, okay, let's talk about next month's lunch schedule. Okay, yeah. Peanut butter squares and alios. <laughs> well, I think the truth is probably a little scarier than that, though. I think the truth is these people are intent on um, pushing religion into the church whenever possible. This is just one piece of the puzzle. So the things they talk about are the curriculum. And, you know, do we talk about evolution? Do we talk about – that stuff all comes up. This this is the body of people that decides that stuff. So just the fact that they're pushing to have a prayer worries me about what else they're doing. Well, don't they know that there's already Catholic schools and shit? <laughs> Which our taxes are going to go towards if uh, DeVos has any say in it. Yeah. Mm. Eh. So the last thing I have in Texas is a little <laughs> bit more lighthearted. Kinda. Uh, oh. Representative Jessica Farrar, I, I imagine, uh, oh. she is a 11 turn Democrat, introduced a bill last week that would require, <laughs> quote, medically unnecessary <laughs> rectal exams and magnetic <laughs> resonance imaging for men who want to buy Viagra or have an elective vasectomy. <laughs> To point out the fact that requiring an ultrasound or what was it? Uh, uh, it's a – I can't remember what the procedure. Well, no. no. Uh, the, if, if you're going in for an abortion, you're required to have a – Oh, uh, oh the uh, vaginal oh, sonogram oh, or whatever, right? Ultrasound, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in response to that, she is proposing that if men want Viagra or an elective vasectomy, that they have a uh, – Unnecessary rectal exam. A prostate exam. <laughs> Wasn't there a- more to it, though? Like, uh, then the doctor had to point out a bunch of uh, unnecessary things that might happen to them if they take the Viagra, but it, there's really no truth to it. And I believe there was something about masturbating and paying $100 for every time you do that. <laughs> there should be. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I, I, well, oh, I, don't I, know. I heard about this last week, but maybe the, the story that I read, they were making jokes and... <laughs> it had spiraled at that point. <laughs> well, because when I first heard it, I was like, they, they let off with the masturbating and paying $100. And I go, God damn, Texas, they are fucking out of their mind. And then I, at the end, I realized that she was like making a point. I was like, oh, that's genius. <laughs> well, I've heard of this strategy in other places. I've, a couple of these have come up before in various, you know, various different uh, combinations. So. It's it's not brand new, but it's always amusing when they do it. I, I find it humorous that she it's actually entitled the bill is entitled a man rights to a man's right to know. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, back over to Alabama. We yeah. talked it's a delicious Alabama Texas yeah, sandwich apparently. that we're in the middle of. <laughs> we talked about uh, a bill that allows adoption agencies to uh, ban same-sex parents for religious right. regions and atheist parents and someone else. Yeah, it was all, well. It was for any religious region, so it could be oh, okay. Interfaith. It could be yeah, atheist. Yeah, that that got passed. So phew. So there you go. <laughs> That's all. That's all I got really on that one. Right because back into we, the bad news, huh? <laughs> yeah, we pretty much already talked about that. The fact that uh, if you just come up with any religious reason that you want, and you can uh, prevent people from adopting children, whether they're good parents or not. Now, using that as a site afterwards, can like a non-religious run orphanage, like I guess a state-run orphanage, if there's such a thing? You're, you told me last week that most of them were religious, right? A lot of them. The, yeah. 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 But there are state-run ones, right? Yes. Well, even right. the they... religious ones get state money, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. 
can the state ones like turn down people using this saying like these people are crazy because they're so religious we can't put this child in this home i don't think so because it's in the bill it says uh, state funded faith based adoption and foster agencies so it sounds like they only, it only really applies in the faith based agencies uh, so you have to have a religious a religious freedom reason for not letting right. this person be adopted yes i got it I just read a story this week, too, about a guy and a girl who were adopting kids and and uh, starving them to death oh. in their house. I read that. Yeah. And uh, they were some kind of religious nuts, too. So that should work out really well. Mm. Wow. Did yeah. you have something else, Karen? No, I just, you know, picking on uh, orphans. Jesus. I know. Oh, it's. I, and <laughs> it's listen, horrible. I was really light on that story. I didn't get into too much detail of what was actually going on. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, there's a bill in Kentucky that has passed the Senate in Kentucky and now sits on the governor's desk that would allow student-run organizations in colleges and K-12 through schools to deny membership to any classmate based on their sexual orientation. Yes! Uh, Wait, Senate Bill 17 in Kentucky. Basically, any student-run organization in college or not college, K-12, through can... Yeah, sexual orientation. If you're gay, we can discriminate against you. We can tell you to that you can't be part of a group. Wow. So, uh, oh, student-run organizations. Right. So those are somewhat private, in a sense. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say they're private. I I was going to say they're certainly not private. They're just student-run as opposed to run by the admin. Again, I just, I mean, kudos to Kentucky for putting this one, like, right out on Front Street. Like, nope, no gays allowed in the club. But, I mean, not only is this wrong, but can you imagine substituting... Any other qualifier in there and it be go- getting this far? No, I think that's the yeah, point. Kentucky, Kentucky now has a bill that says all student-run organizations may discriminate against black students yeah. <laughs> if they are black. <laughs> what what constitutes as a student-run organization? Maybe that's where I'm getting lost on this. I mean, it's not like the students get together and they're like, "We're going to make a magic club where we all play magic cards together." Yeah, yes, that we want. Well, but, and, any, but any group like that has to be – I think it has to be recognized by the by the school. The AV club. Oh, okay. I mean – The AV club, student government, yeah. anything. So the school is involved somehow. It's just it's, – Yes. But this, oh, in that case, this is an awful bill. <laughs> yeah. No, this isn't like, you know, I have a clubhouse in a tree behind my house and I – I need well, this no, bill to prevent gays from playing with I me. I meant like, you know, like, say like the students are like, hey, we're going to make a, a poker club where we get to hang out and play poker and stuff like that. And they're like, well, we don't like John. He's an asshole. So he can't come to our club. <laughs> well, I mean, it de- I think it depends on, I mean, if the school is involved, they're at, at a minimum providing meeting space and, you know, allowing the kids in the school minimally supervised. So, and they're, they're you know, it, it's it's part of the school and pe- other right. people the know about it. The school puts its official stamp on right. it, saying, "Right, right." They will provide. Okay. Yes, they provide a staff member to supervise the kids. They provide a space for the kids to meet. Right. The kids just make up the rules of the club. Right. Then I am all behind our outrage over this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not behind the bill. You thought that's where I was going with that? <laughs> I thought you were going to change it up on us, but that's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted by this bill. Yeah. I wonder if it would pass if they said. Um, we're allowed to discriminate based on um, anything else if, if they're Muslims, mm, for example. That'd be a nail biter, but yeah. 
or, or, you know, just based on um, the the religion of the person that's joining. So, it could, you know, you could have a Christian club that meets in the school. And what if a, a Muslim or a Hindu wanted to join and, and, you know, just talk about religion? Could you exclude them? Is he brown? <laughs> Most if he's likely. brown, he's out of town. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the discriminating yeah, I, I don't even LGBT understand how students. this is – this can't be legal. Can it? Sexual orientation is not a protected class. Nope. Ah, right. Yeah. Remember, remember, I don't have to sell houses to gay people. Right. Huh. I do, though, because they have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and they know a good house when they see it. <laughs> so are, are these I – mean, I, I know I probably ask this question every week, but it's got to be that these states are just throwing as much shit against the wall as possible. Yeah. Because – we don't know how long Dying Little Hands is going to last. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, eventually the, the Supreme Court will rule that um, uh, sexual orientation is a protected class and this will all be over and we'll be done with this. But they're trying to put all these laws in place ahead of time to hold off that inevitability and maybe try to. It just seems on. like down south, there's just so much energy devoted to fucking other people over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. We do have a Pennsylvania story. Uh, but, uh. <laughs> but I am sticking to the South for a little bit. And this is actually kind of a good thing. Uh, a federal court on Friday permanently blocked Mississippi's law that threatened to close the last abortion clinic in Mississippi. Um, so basically they put forward a bill that uh, basically it, – well, it said that it had to have all the hospital privileges that uh, – to be an open clinic you have mm-hmm. to have you know your hallways have to be a certain length or width in order to get a gurney through and like all the different hospital things that they they put in as a requirement for the clinic and the clinic went yeah we we can't do that we would have to close because of course they can't move because all the the state that everybody is yeah yeah, there's very few places that you can open a clinic um and a lot of those uh different there have been different laws that, uh, you know, you have to be so far away from a school and you have to. So basically they, they made it so that this place would have to close and it was the very last one in Mississippi. Well, federal court blocked it saying that, uh, it was, what well, I forget what the ruling was, but it was too much. It was, it was too much and not, not required. So that last abortion clinic in Mississippi mm-hmm. is still open. That is shocking that there is only one in the whole state. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, not after doing the show for so many weeks. That's just that's how you do it. <laughs> you just, well, what, hey, mean, I, look, we never well, we're never like going to be able to has like three, right? Three left. Right. We're never going to be able to overturn Roe versus Wade. So we'll nibble yay, away. abortions are illegal, or are yeah, or totally legal. Uh, doctors aren't allowed to perform them. Right. We aren't allowing facilities to perform them. But yeah, they're legal. Sure. Good luck. <laughs> go nuts. We'll shoot <laughs> you if you go these- in one. <laughs> They have all these unwanted pregnancies, and then when the children go, then we can discriminate against who actually adopts these kids. Right. <laughs> right? Stick it's a, just a vicious cycle. Stick them in what orphanages. What is going on in Mississippi? What is that state about, man? <laughs> Isn't it like Mississippi like the poorest state in the country, too? Uh, I ranks, think yeah. that could be very close to accurate. They need to just round themselves up a couple of she-bears and take <laughs> care of all those unwanted children. <laughs> Only if I'm walking through Mississippi and they make fun of me. <laughs> Uh, where are you going, Chrome Dome? Ah, bear! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to your one abortion clinic, kids. <laughs> oh, sad uh, times in Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, let's jump over to Idaho. I don't think we've talked about Idaho. No, before. they're never on the radar. Wow. I was going to go visit there, Ray. 
Now you're telling me no? Well, I don't think you'll be affected by this. Uh, it, it, this is actually only affecting people who actually believe in, uh, well, in faith healing. Um, this, so there was a controversial faith healing legislation that uh, was in the Senate committee on Monday. Every, nearly everyone who spoke opposed it, and it was passed. <laughs> so it What's basically it? allows a parent... To say, I am the parent of this child. Uh, we are a faith healing church. We are the, what is it, uh, the followers of Christ, I think is what they call. Uh, and we don't believe in medicine. So my kid doesn't believe in medicine. Oh, he has diabetes and he's going to die? Well, we're going to keep praying and uh, he'll be okay. And it is no longer criminal for you to allow your child to die without medical aid in any way. And that passed? Yes. And everybody spoke against it? Apparently, the majority of the people who spoke were in opposition to it. And what uh, what one person said, Nathan Kangas, a member of the Followers of Christ, he said, there's no way we can or will do medication because we do believe that it does impact our eternity. Faith is the base of all Christianity. And it seems odd to me that they have put have now put man before God. no. You can do what you want. You don't get to do it to your children. There's a big yeah. difference. Well, now they get to uh, they get to impose it on the children. Now, mm. it does have a stipulation that the child has the right to live. Mm. Uh, apparently, the, the that if the child wants medicine, or maybe this is uh, maybe this is struck down. I'm trying. Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm reading part of it now. I'm thinking I might have read it backwards. It says, right now in Idaho, a child's right to live ends at birth. That was a quote from uh, this guy, Martin. So I guess I don't know exactly. The article confused me. I'm not exactly sure which way it's, it's going. But uh, it, at least it was the case that if the child said that they wanted help, that the doctor could intervene and use, you know, modern science to keep them alive. I'm not sure if that's still the case or not. I don't have the, uh, the actual bill in front of me. But... Um, it does basically, I mean, in, in any case, if the child doesn't say, and of course the child can easily be coerced by their parents. Sure. Um, and if the child Especially doesn't ask Especially when the child help, is two or three years old. Right. Right. Then they, yeah, no such luck. By that time, I mean, by the time the child is able to form coherent sentences, it's already died from diabetes. So it, it's pointless. Well, this certainly wins the worst story so far the fucking day, right? Yeah. <laughs> to me. Really? This is fucking horrible. See, I, I, I feel like this does not affect people beyond the faith healers and their immediate family. So I don't, I don't but see this as a far... innocent children, and that's what bothers mm. me about it. It's people who have no say in the matter or, or the wherewithal to know. The innocent, yeah. I mean, you're allowing murder, it seems like to me. Yeah, well, especially since in other states, uh, parents that have neglected their children in this way have been charged with and convicted of murder. Or at least, yeah. How does nobody cite that? Are, are they are they just fucking morons running that state? <laughs> like, how do you how do you pass that and go? I feel good today. I'm gonna go home and have a beer. I did a good thing today. <laughs> Kids are gonna die. So the bill has um, come out of the Senate committee. It needs to go in front of the full Senate. Then it goes in front of the House and then the governor. So oh, so it was just in. Com it didn't pass. It was no, just in a committee. It passed out of committee. 
So oh, okay, okay, okay. That doesn't feel so bad. <laughs> so, so hopefully, somebody uh, there will be enough people in the full Senate or the House or the governor will stand up and say, "No, no, wait a second. <laughs> no, we can't do this. It, it is not fair to the children." Obviously. I love the one quote, though. This guy, again, Nathan Kangas, he says that we have 10 times the children survive than what you would call the people who practice Western medicine as a general rule. I don't believe our children's are neglected. <laughs> wow. Mm. So basically, he's saying is, look, we procreate so much that it doesn't matter if some of them die. If we lose a couple, meh. <laughs> because we still have 10 times the amount of you people. Ugh. <sighs> That's fantastic. Time to spread a little disease around those towns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think I heard. I, no immunizations, yeah. yeah. I'll get back with you next week. I think i got to think on this one a little longer. In what sense? What, what are you having a hard time with? I, I don't know how opposed I am to this bill. Innocent children? Mm, no. <laughs> All right, get back I don't see how – I mean, like, <laughs> if this was a case where it was like the people were like, we want to fight for our right not to take medicine – as adults, I'd be like, knock yourselves out. Well, Don't have a problem with that whatsoever. They already have that right. Yeah, but the fact that the, the whole th the whole crux of it is, hey, if our kid dies because we didn't give them medicine, we're okay. We can get off. We don't get, I don't, we don't I don't get know. prison for that it. That seems very black and white to me. And they are remember that this is not based on um, anything logical. This is based on religion. This is They're saying my religion that I believe in is dictating that I let my child die. Right. Well, and I guess in the same sense, is what if they had a religion, and I know this would never be a religion, but <laughs> where they're like, well, in my religion, we kill our firstborn sons right away. Or we let them live for five years, then we kill them. <laughs> right. We I, so I guess, it's, see, I would feel worse if they were had been, you know, I don't know. For I'm still I'm still working through it. I mean. What about um, if, my religion makes me makes me um, give my all of my children full facial tattoos so you can identify us. They, we all have full facial tattoos, so everybody has to have it. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually a good question. <laughs> that's, I don't... That's, that's fine. I don't know how that's different than that weird tribe where the women have to have those neck rings that stretch their neck out a mile and a half. Mm. That, that, yeah, I would, I would you know, say that that's also wrong. Mm. Well, you know, I'm saying your ear pierced and dying from pneumonia. <laughs> Just to me are two different things. Mm. They are. They are. They're, they're two different level i'm just trying to decide for myself you know because all these points were like mm, they believe this but you know just because they believe it they shouldn't voice that on us when when is it our job not to intervene on their craziness if it's not affecting us well it's not so much affecting them as it's saying we're trying to protect the children who may one day not believe in that religion mm. that's or, yeah it's tough because it's their children hmm <sighs> Yeah, but is it your right to do what you want to your child as far as harming him? Mm, I don't think. Like, you can't even put Owen in the car without putting him in a child seat without getting a law broken, right? That, that is true. That is absolutely true. But they, I, I feel like they are not, they, they at least they, they don't believe they're acting maliciously against their children. Well, true. Should, should people who don't have their children vaccinated, should they have their children removed from their home? Or just forcibly vaccinated and returned. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Imagining that made I, me laugh. <laughs> I, I believe Jim Jeffries did that to his own child. <laughs> I would say, I mean, in the vaccination thing, I say, yes, they should, but that, because that protects all of us. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's more of a, it's a question of society's rights versus individuals' rights. And yeah, the, the rights of the many huh, outweigh the, the, need, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. 
Right. Damn right, Spock. <laughs> um, but well, that's vaccination. I, I understand what Ian's saying, yeah. but like, I don't know. I guess it's like if you decided one day you're like, look, this is my child, and I feel that I can protect him in the car without a child seat and just let him sit on my lap. Yeah. And you I'd, know, be, I'd be okay with that. I'm not for that. I will keep Owen not only in a car seat, but <laughs> rear facing until he is at the safe, 20? you know. Wait. Uh, no, not 20. I, I believe it's 35 pounds. <laughs> but again, there, there's, there, I, I think that there's, yeah, if someone but feels. But you don't think that law should be in place? No. Well, I don't think that should be mandatory. I think I, see, I should I, be able to. Same thing with, uh, I don't think there, that, Motorcycle motorcycle riders should be forced to wear helmets. That's different, though. But they're they adults; do. they can make decisions. Right. Well, I think it's, it's a question of: is the child a a separate entity from the parental unit? Do do the rights of the parents outweigh the rights of the state? See, I would say that they are a separate unit because, like uh, like Richard Dawkins says, just because a child is born into a Christian house doesn't mean that you should call it a Christian child. That child doesn't know enough to know whether or not he's Christian. Mm. Why Why does a Muslim – why – there shouldn't be such a thing as a Muslim child and a Christian child. Those children True. need to make the decisions when they come of, of – you know, of an age where they can actually understand what that decision means themselves. But, but I, I kind of – I'm kind of understanding where Ian's coming from a little bit though. So what if society decided that all young boys were um, circumcised? Because it's healthier, it's for the good of the child, it's what is um, society has deemed as the right thing to do. If there were a medical reason, then you could use that as evidence to make that decision. Yeah, it's not. It's there's no life or death involved in that, right? The vast, vast majority of the time, yes, agreed. But I mean, the medical reason in this case would be no. We know that if we give that kid the medicine he needs, he he will live, you know, a full life. I guess and I'm. I guess I'm okay with the with the middle ground of you. Yeah, you can do what you like, but if you endanger the life of the child and something happens to the child, you take responsibility and you go to jail for it. So if you know Ian decides that he doesn't believe in um, in uh, child safety seats anymore and something happens to Owen, then he has to take responsibility for that and and just it acts as if the the child was an adult and you killed an adult. The, sure. pen the penalty is the same. This, I see where yeah. This law takes away that penalty is the difference. The decisions you make about that life have no consequences. I would add an amendment in there and say that if uh, the child survives but is somehow disabled in some way for the rest of his life because you didn't do anything, that he can sue you when he's 18. I don't think you even need to have a law, though. I mean, if whatever actions you take that hurt that child, you have to pay the penalty for, That's all. That's that's all we need. You know, oh, I agree. Mine was just a joke answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing that it's the the lack of penalty for the decisions that they the, the bad decisions that they make is the thing that I guess perpetuates the problem and it makes it okay for the next family to do the same thing. Right. And I agree that's wrong. And I think that maybe I was just confused because I was trying to hide some callous feelings that I have generally. <laughs> Towards what? <laughs> Towards that situation. Like I think if left unchecked, then Within the next two generations, then that then that particular faith will have natural consequenced itself into non-existence. It's true. Hmm. I mean, yeah, they'll have a um, you know mumps will spread through, and all the baby boys will be sterile, and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> yeah, like the Amish. <laughs> Man, they're persistent. <laughs> That's a good point. But no, you're right. I 
I, I agree that I don't understand why, man, I don't even understand why that's a proposed law now that I think about it. Mm. Like, why should you ever be able to hurt a child and get away with it? Yeah. Which brought me back to, are they just fucking idiots in Idaho? <laughs> or what? Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they're not a bunch of idiots in Idaho and that, that it will not pass the full Senate or the House or the governor will veto it. We'll just have to follow it and see. I mean, it's possible that five of them wrote a letter saying, we're never going to vote for you again unless you pass this dumbass law. And they got scared and, you know, pass it through now they're probably realizing, oh, shit, the vast majority of people are for having children get medicine. <laughs> <Yeah>. Surprise. <laughs> Oh wait, Trump new healthcare coming in. Forget no. it. You can kill all your children. <laughs> Seriously. So the last uh, the last state news that I have is actually in Pennsylvania, and this I don't even understand this. So maybe maybe we can work through it. So an anti-abortion group called Real Alternatives receives millions of dollars a year from the state of Pennsylvania. It is a yeah, Real Alternatives. They are uh, basically. Funding ways of dealing with pregnancy other than abortion, mm. which sounds like an okay thing. Um, so they have a $30 million five-year contract with the state, and they are to help pregnant women choose to give birth rather than abort. They use the grant money to reimburse subcontractors per for providing very broadly defined services to women with unintended pregnancies. Most of the services are counseling, which are basically anti-abortion lectures. And uh, in some cases, signing them up for food assistance or public housing. See, an organization like this could – I could have no argument with them if they didn't try to talk people out of getting abortions when that's what they want to do. If they want to provide you know, um, a place for ch for people that don't have the capability of raising a child but don't want to terminate their pregnancy, if they want to provide that care – I am all for that. That's fine. See, I think that's what the original funding was for. However, right. what they've been using the money for is opening up crisis pregnancy centers, which are places where to uh, lure women in. They imitate medical clinics. Mm. They offer no medical care. And basically in the hopes that unsuspecting women will seek medical care and be confused over the distinction so that they can then be lectured uh, with their anti-abortion cause. Right. Why? Why can't you? Why can't you just be decent human beings and provide the service that you originally provided, which is a needed service? And there are plenty of of young women out there that unintended pregnancies are actually okay. They know they can't raise the child, but they are okay bringing it to term and having it go to a loving family. Provide that service. Why do you have to be dicks about it? <laughs> like I, so much energy devoted to fucking around with people. Yeah. So Eugene de Pascal who is the uh, Auditor General in Pennsylvania, Yeah, went to investigate this group because apparently they have publicly put out their records and they have a 3% fee for the contractors. You know, I said that they subcontracted. Right. So the, the contracts have a 3% fee that then goes back into Real Alternatives, the umbrella organization. And the auditor went, wait, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with that $906,000 of taxpayer money, which is now off the books? Oh, nice. Money laundering. <laughs> In response, uh, they didn't send uh, Pascal any information. They opened a lawsuit against the Auditor General, uh, suing him for investigating what they're doing. What? Uh, he That's says his that, job. Yeah, he says that they have no grounds whatsoever. We do 5,000 audits a year. Uh, they, uh, they run the gamut 
from getting audited, randomly selected. And we selected them, and they have nearly a million dollars unaccounted for. And their response was to then sue him. <laughs> I don't think this is going to go well. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it's going to go well for them. Wow. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's, that's basically, the, from what I understand, that's where it is currently at, is they opened up a lawsuit and he went, wait, what? <laughs> Because All right, game that's on. his job. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it is at this point. So we will, I will try to continue to monitor where that goes. But uh, yeah. if that's not an admission of guilt, like, <laughs> I mean, that's wow. really that's a Trump step right there. Yeah, it yeah. actually is. Yeah, <laughs> immediately on your offensive. Wow, I'm a sue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough that taxpayer dollars are being misused, mm. right? To the sent to this group at all, right? And then the fact that they are trying to steal as much of it as possible. (laughs) And do they think that this move is going to make him not look at them harder? (laughs) Oh, they sued me. Perhaps I'll back down now. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Well, they've been squirreling this money away for a long time, hoping for this day to come around. (laughs) Yeah. Well, apparently the uh, the money actually ends this June. So I don't know if that's going to be back up in our state Senate for reapproval or I don't know where that is, but apparently it ends. So they've already got nearly the $30 million. $30 million grant. Yep. (sighs) That was just amazing by itself. Why Why did they have this grant? Um, Again, though, I think the idea was that they could help people who had unintentional pregnancies. Mm -hmm. That is not what they're doing. Very, uh, from what I understand from this article uh, on Salon, very little of the money is actually going to that. Yeah. So that's all I have for the state news. But I did want to mention there was a uh, article on Pathios. They have they've created a bad bill madness. They have the worst state bill in the country. <laughs> they have the sixteen top worst state bills in a bracket. And they, you can go and vote on what you think the worst state bill to be announced is. I think it's funny since we talk about state bills all the time. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. So you can vote on the, the abstinence-only education curriculum in Utah? <laughs> wow. That's a good one. That's like Bill Maher does a like a uh, March Madness bracket for the craziest Trump cabinet member. Exactly. <laughs> right. So if you want to take a look, there's there are the bills from Oklahoma, Utah, Alabama. They're all over the place, um, as we've previously discussed on this podcast. Actually, several of them are, as we discussed on this podcast. Is it all Oklahoma, Virginia, Alabama, Texas? Oh, Wyoming. Wyoming. Right, Arizona. One, the, one northern. Yeah. Mostly southern, though. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So before we get into all of the uh, the Trump stuff, hey Jared, do you have information about this uh, this book by David Johnson? I do have information on that book, sort of. I have the title of it. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I but find quickly, that? Let me tell you why going to Audible and getting an audio book there is way better than buying an actual physical hard copy book. Remember few weeks ago the book that i bought off of another website that i will not mention through the audible <laughs> ad <laughs> that is called sex at dawn i remember that yeah i haven't read that book yet <laughs> it's still sitting on my coffee table because it's a hard copy and that's t- t- way too much work to do but if i had that in an audio copy which i'm sure they sell on audible i would have or should have got it there I probably would listen to my car or on my phone or any of the other places that Audible will allow me to listen to that book. So who's the big dumbass here? 
It's me. <laughs> what does this have to do with Audible? Well, for me, nothing. But for you, the listeners of Profane Argument, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You could buy and listen to David K. Johnson's book called The Making of Donald Trump. And this is the guy that leaked the tax returns or the tax returns were given to him and he gave them to Rachel Maddow, right? Correct. Exactly. Yes. So that should be pretty interesting. Or if you wanted, you could listen to The Way of the Heathen, Practicing Atheism in Everyday Life. Practicing Atheism? I don't like that. Who put that in there? <laughs> that's, that's the subtitle of the book. <laughs> All right. And the author of that is Greta Christina. And to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash profane argument. Thank you, Jared. You're welcome, team. <laughs> team atheism. <laughs> Team non-religion podcast, as Brian Etzel would put it. <laughs> Along with that book, The Making of Trump, did you see the latest Gallup poll? Did you see the poll on where Trump is and his approval, disapproval Ooh. rating? He's not doing well. Uh, his his all-time low of any president at this point in his presidency? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys had looked at the numbers, but uh, as of, what was this, Sunday, Saturday, sometime over the weekend, uh, he is at 37% approval rating, which is- wow. Oh, high if you ask me but <laughs> uh and his disapproval rating is 58 percent. that's pretty high Damn. yeah so yeah. by comparison uh former presidents at this time period uh approval rating remember his is a 37 percent. carter was a 75 Whew. reagan 60 hw bush 56 clinton 53 george uh w bush 58 obama 63 so we're like half yeah of a few of them. Right. And I got to think. Carter was killing it. Oh, yeah. He, well, he came in after a, a tough time, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, Ford on his way out, pardon Nixon. That probably was like, everyone was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a good old boy. But you know what I love about this? What's As of yesterday, it has only been two months. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> I mean, does it feel like two months? Yeah. It feels like a year no. It feels like forever. Yeah. This is going to be the yeah, longest four years. Yeah, I mean, like, Barack who? That guy <laughs> yeah. was our president at one time? That was so long ago. <laughs> so by comparison, the disapproval rating, and this is upon hitting 60 days in office, Carter, I think, is an outlier. Carter's yeah. disapproval rating was 9%. Yeah, the the country got, was such such turmoil at that point. They, yeah. He, yeah. Reagan was at 24. H.W. was at 16. That's pretty good. Mm. Clinton was at 34. He's the highest. Uh, w at 29, Obama at 26, Trump 58. His disapproval yeah. way more higher, like double. The best part of it is this has got to kill him. This has yeah. got to be destroying him. Uh, why would it? Obviously, the Gallup poll is fake news. Fake uh, news. Because CNN, <laughs> CNN reported on it. Spicer, what he uh, said, well, we didn't like the, what was it, the jobs report. We didn't like those numbers now, but now we like them. he. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said the ones before this were fake, but you can trust me, the new ones are real. And this is a quote from the president. He told me to say this. Yeah. Oh. And then he laughed. Yeah. And everyone was laughed kind of like, oh, God, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think caused his numbers to plummet this far? Gross incompetence? So recently. <laughs> I don't know. I think, a, well, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the, the Obamacare. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That and the budget. Yes. Oh, the budget's killing him. Right. And it's because all the other things, all those knuckleheads were for. Wall, mm. you know, shit like that. The band. They love the band. 
right? Now, all of a sudden, even their own coveted Fox News is saying, hey, 24 million of you might be kicked off your insurance. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this budget, it's awful for all you poor people. Yeah. For Christ's sake, they were going to take away wheel, Meals on Wheels. Are they out of their minds? Well, that's a little tricky, but in a sense, yes. <laughs> well, but it's not 100% I, of their funding, obviously, but – yeah. Now, these are just the people who pay attention to this shit. Right. The 37% you know, of people that still approve of him are the ones that are not paying attention. Right. And they'll pay attention when their insurance is actually taken from them or, you know, their taxes go up or whatever bullshit right, happens. Right, to pay for that wall. Right. <laughs> so how – do you want to take, take some bets on how low it could go? Yeah. Gentlemen <laughs> bets or ladies bets since Karen's here as well? <laughs> oh. I don't know. It, uh, how low it could go before what? Before – Yeah. Just what do you think the lowest it could get? I don't know. Twenty nine percent. There is a. I'm willing to. I'll put it on record right now. I'd say the lowest it gets to is about eighteen <laughs> percent. Yeah, there's a core of people that are completely head over heels, all in with Trump, and no matter what he does, they will believe in him as if he were Jesus, and they cannot be swayed. And I think that number is probably the deplorables. The, yeah, it's probably around twenty percent ish. Yeah, I would I would agree. Well, I thought the uh, I thought the math was that. Well, okay, here let me finish the sentence. So I, I thought the math was that he got about twenty percent, twenty seven percent of the vote. Because most people didn't vote. Right. And then you had, you know, like 29, 30% voted for Clinton. Right. So, um, yeah, 27 sounds sounds about right to me. But then we just heard the story. Did you hear the story about the guy following Trump around, went to 35 of his rallies? Yeah. Did you hear about this no. guy? He took his guitar with him. He had a cowboy hat. On the cowboy hat, he had a Trump pin and a cross on his white cowboy hat. And he took mm -hmm. his guitar with him and he played a Trump song. At every outside every rally, and he went to thirty five of them. He was in the front row of one of them, and Trump actually pointed him out and called him a you know said he was a, a good man and blah blah blah. So as it turns out, before he went on the the Trump bandwagon, his son died of a heroin overdose. And when Trump said that he was going to take care of people addicted to opiates, he was he he uh, joined. He was in. Yeah, that was it. That was his one single cause. Right. And now, so he was just on <laughs> single issue voters. He yeah. was just on CNN saying, "Yeah, I, I." Well, he didn't say he regretted it, but he said that he's not singing that song anymore. Mm. And mm. he's looked at what the uh, the healthcare bill, what Ryan's put forward, and he's just he's completely lost all faith in Trump. Wow. So, so he, <laughs> he, he, he. While I feel sorry for this guy for what happened to him, and I can kind of understand. What you know, Trump saying that making him excited, but how could you be so fucking stupid to actually believe that? Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing that drives like you know, like a lot of these people are not awful. No, they just fell for this shit, and I don't understand how. Yeah. The, 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 he he's a he's a con man. He's a huckster. He conned them. He fooled them all, or a lot. But of them. he's so blatant about it. It's just so easy to see through him. Yeah, yeah. Again, some that's that's not what. Yeah, people are. Some people are comfortable. Like, I, I feel like this is only barely related, but, like, how can you not see that one year everybody's protesting the Oscars saying, blah, blah, hashtag Oscars so white. The next year, they're like, fine, 
how about one black lady movie, one gay black person movie, and one black person movie, and those are our three choices for best picture. Yeah. How do you not realize you're being pandered to? Yeah. Like, it's so goddamn obvious, but they were like, yeah, good for you, Oscars. So brave. We did it. <laughs> I'm like, are you stupid, or are you just stupid? <laughs> and those are your two options. Yeah. <laughs> it also well, brings up that bigger question. Clearly, the Oscars is rigged. Oh my goodness! It's a hundred. It's yes. I, I never thought it wasn't, but it, well, yes. I, well, I honestly thought there was people like legitimately voting on it. Well, it's not. It, you it's know? not a lot of people. That's the problem. It's not the public doesn't vote on this. This is an elite group of people who decide what our right, taste is going to be for the next year in movies. It's over a hundred, though, right, or something. Yeah, like that. It's, it, it's not the SAG. It's the other group of people. But yeah, it, it, it's not a huge. It's not a huge number of people, but it's a decent number. Yeah. So you think they were guilted into doing it? Oh, yeah, or absolutely. Or did, was there just a mandate like, look, we got to do this. This was not a coincidence. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I see your point, Ian, and it's exactly – it is does fall into the same category. Anything that came out of Donald Trump's mouth, I was like, this is – just by the way that he speaks, you can tell he's just – just saying whatever to win you over. Yeah, I mean, Clinton, they always got on Clinton's case for, for lying, for not telling the truth. She avoided questions. She yeah. was really good at it. She would step around, ob- you know, things that she didn't want to talk about. She And she's really good at that. And I give I give you credit. Yeah, you, you don't like that? Okay, that's fine. Trump just lied. Like, and continues outright to lie. lied. There was... <laughs> There's, uh, she avoided questions she didn't want to answer. He didn't avoid them. He just told you whatever you wanted to hear, whoever you yeah. were at the time. Right. They have him on tape saying that there's going to be health coverage for everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he said it in every rally. Every rally. There's a recording of him, of him saying everybody will have health care. Nobody will be left out. It will be cheaper and it will be better. <laughs> Holy crap. <sighs> but no, I, I like Ryan's. Um, healthcare will be available to everybody. Yep, no, accessible. it's not accessible. Yeah, it'll be accessible to everybody. It'll no, be accessible. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I heard the argument. I, I it might have been Jake Tapper or somebody else, and he goes, "Well, I have access to buying a Lamborghini, <laughs> right. but I can't." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could theoretically go to that store and purchase one, but I can't actually. Yeah. It turns out it's 100% of my salary, so how's that you know, going to work? You just need to determine whether or not you needed that iPhone. Oh, if you get rid of that yes. iPhone, then you can get oh. your Lamborghini. Boy, that Chaffetz, he's really yeah. getting Asshole? under my nerves. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Something. Well, I don't remember who it was. Somebody was on uh, – I think it was CNN Today – talking about how, how it wasn't unfair – we have to repeal it because it's not un- it's unfair to the taxpayers that um they have to pay taxes that pay for other people's health care it's not fair to the taxpayers that's why they're undoing it so they are putting the uh, upper middle class and rich people's tax burden as more important than the life and health of the poor people yes it's yeah a- i mean nobody none of us are really surprised by this right I no. mean, this is why we didn't want trump in office right mm-hmm. right but when he said there was going to be health care for all, it was going to be better and cheaper. I did not believe no. him. <laughs> but, you know, 27 percent of the people in this country did and they voted for him. Yeah. I, and actually, I don't think 27 percent of the people believed all of it. 20 percent, 18, 15, something like that, did believe it. The other percentage of the people just didn't like Hillary. Yeah, or they wanted the dumb wall or, you know, everybody had their issue. Right. There's a few people that I've talked to now that are regretting voting for him and they had some stupid reason for it. And it was a dumb reason. And now they understand that it was a dumb reason, but it's too late. 
Doesn't make. Oh, it's nice to see that you know people who actually admit that they're no. made a mistake, though. Yep. And just think, some of these, all the changes that he wants to make haven't even come into effect yet. No. Wait till that happens. Oh, I saw the, the stock market already took a tumble today. Not a huge one, but it, the stock market is now going, I'm not rooting for that to happen, no, no matter no. how much I no. dislike Trump. <laughs> but it, it, it's an indicator, though, that um, corporations are, are not quite believing he can actually do what he says he can do, which is lower their taxes. Uh, speaking of uh, people not believing Trump... <laughs> Uh, we have to talk about Comey, right? The director of the FBI who <laughs> went in front of the Senate and said there's no evidence that there was a wiretap, that Obama put a wiretap in Trump Tower, which right. we all knew. Um, I'm just happy that he came out and said it because after what he did for Clinton, I assumed he was kind of in the Trump uh, in the Trump camp. But yeah, we, uh, we talked about this last week, didn't we? And how it he probably was not. It, it probably there was probably other reasons why he did that. That it was going to get leaked. Yeah, I think he is a a mostly honorable man. <laughs> but what he well he didn't do Trump any favors. No, he didn't. Or no, yesterday, he, yeah. he absolutely or yesterday, did not. Yeah. So he said that there no, was I mean, no I, wiretapping, and he also said that there is an open investigation uh, regarding the Russian contacts. Right. So right, I, I don't think that means that he didn't intentionally sabotage Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Right. Sure. It's still a Again, yeah. Now, this is something I, I just saw briefly before the the show, and I haven't had time to research what, it, like, who he was referencing. And but did you guys hear his reference when he was trying to explain to people why what he's doing? And he said that he hates the New England Patriots. Yes. Oh, I did see that, and it, that was the greatest thing I'd ever. I just seen. saw a headline, now, and that was it, it. In that analogy, is Hillary the the, the New England Patriots? And he's like, listen. The reason I sabotaged her is because I hate her more than anything. I didn't mean to help Trump out, but there were only two teams on the field. No, that's not you – know, you're getting it way out of context because yeah. it was all about the the one senator was asking him a question on – I don't know how to, how, to, how to word this, but it was like, you know, like your favorite team comes in here and you want that team to win and you want the other team to lose, right? So you talk – you do this and they went back and forth and it was so fucking confusing what they were saying. Because Comey's like, well, if I want someone to win, then obviously I want the other person to lose. Right. 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 And he's like, well, if you want the other person to lose, doesn't necessarily mean you want the other person to win. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. Because if I want one person to lose, then the other person has to win. His point. Like, it was very convoluted. His point was was that Russia hated Clinton that much. Right. Ah. So, so because they wanted her to lose, they okay. obviously wanted Trump to win. Okay, so, so she, she was the Patriots in that analogy, but Russia was the hater of the Patriots right. in that analogy. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I got it. That's very confusing. I want to go back and actually listen to it, but <laughs> I watched it and I was like, "What?" It's the senator who was tr- who who got like lost in the woods in that one. And Comey was just like, I, I don't understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> nope, but I do understand the analogy because it was very straightforward and and I, I, I feel similarly. Like in a situation where the Patriots are playing the Eagles, <laughs> I'm not pro-Eagles, but I do want the Patriots to lose. Well, he, he even rounded it up later. Saying, what did he say about um, – he said something about he, – he, he backtracked because he realized that he, he probably pissed off all the Patriots fans. And he said something along <laughs> the lines of that um, the reason he hated the Patriots was was because they were so good and something, something. And I don't remember what the rest of it was, but he actually sure. backtracked on that part Just of it. Just wants to root right. for the underdog. Yeah, something right. like that. His team was never going to – oh, he, he was a Giants fan, right? That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's reasonable. Yeah. 
right, so gotcha. we're running long on so, time, but uh, yeah, I, damn it! What? What? Did you have something? No, because we were <laughs> running long on time. Uh, so, do you want to talk about uh, Gorsuch? The uh, basically, from what I understand, is he's answering all the questions correctly. And yes. nobody knows if he's pulling a Trump or actually telling the truth. Hey, he's getting in. Does it really matter what he says? Yeah. The, I mean, the, the argument, there's an article on Slate that says that the problem for the Democrats is if the Democrats show up to uh, to the nomination, then they're saying that it's a legitimate nomination. The only real argument is Merrick Garland should have had a vote and yeah. that – Gorsuch shouldn't even be legitimately considered. I don't know. They can't. I don't see how they can actually make that argument now. Too much time has passed. No, I think the uh, the only move now is that they want to stall Gorsuch until the because Gorsuch was nominated by Trump. They feel that he should not be voted on until the investigation into Trump's Russian ties is through. Hmm. That's reasonable. That's fine. Hmm. Yeah. They should also, if they're going to ask him, I saw this on uh, on the Young Turks, I thought it was interesting, that they should ask him if what the Republicans did to Merrick Garland was constitutional. Mm. And if he says, yes, that was fine what they did, then all the Democrats should walk out of the fucking room. <laughs> if he says no, then they should say, should he have gotten a fair hearing? Should he have gotten questions? So yes, and be like, okay, well, you need to leave because we need to do that. You know, yeah. there's ways around this, but they're not going to do it. Yeah, and they probably would just say that it's not uh, that's not that that's not left up to the judiciary, you know, but or it, or that it would have to be a case that would come in front of him before he could. But you can frame the question like that, though. You can if if the if if this had come in front of you as a Supreme Court justice at, that um a, a you know a constitutional a constitutionally required hearing was not given, what would you rule? I, I, yeah, his answer would be that uh, it would have to be on the merits of the case and, and uh, there's not enough specifics and I can't make a ruling without an actual case. That would be his answer and that would be the end of it. But yeah. it would still be nice to ask, ask the question. Yeah, he's a, he's a, I'm real I, I feel like I should be opposed to him, mm-hmm. but I also feel like he takes his, you know, job super seriously, which I appreciate. Mm. But, you know, I've seen so many of his rulings and they're just so cruel. Yeah. <laughs> He's well, just not a good about, person. Uh, no. They asked him about Roe vs. Wade and he got very upset and he was like, I would that I would absolutely never overturn that. Especially since it's, it has been relitigated. Well, it, it, you know, it's, it's edged towards the Supreme Court a number of times and put, been pushed down every single time. They, they've already been over this a number of times. And I can't imagine the case that he would take. Right. He he is well. A, either way, you know he's getting in because the yeah. the Democrats are pussies. Yeah, <laughs> he is through and through a judge. Yeah, that is true. Right. I don't like his decisions, and I think his Christianity get into his decisions way too often. Well, the weird part is he sides with uh, corporations a little bit too much. I mean, the wealthy and the powerful and and the corporate interests. Right. He does. Did you see that when they brought up a uh, his ruling on the. Uh uh, the truck driver with frostbite who that the truck was, broke down and yeah that one was unnecessarily cruel yeah that shocked me yeah yeah franken brought that up didn't he was it al franken maybe i think i think al franken was talking to him about it whether he brought it up initially or not mm-hmm. but uh yeah that was just yeah I, th- there there must be i, I got to think there's more to that case because right. i feel like i would like to know more as well <laughs> yeah i mean so you 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 fired a guy because he left his truck unattended because he was going to freeze to death if he didn't leave. There's got to be more to that story because that right. is completely unreasonable. <laughs> I mean, 
Was it just the you know the straw that broke the camel's back and he was a horrible truck driver? It's just odd. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. So real quick, Ivanka is now in the White House in the West Wing. Did you guys yeah. hear that? I did not. Yeah. What's up with that? At her own office, one flight of stairs yeah. up. Oh, but- he'll never get there. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she apparently gave up her position at whatever corporation she was running. It is right. now in a trust. She has taken all the actual correct steps. She is Yeah, except isn't the trust being run by her brother in law? Oh, that could easily be, I don't know. And her sister in law, so <laughs> not that good actually. But yeah. she's at least taking these steps to because Trump basically said, Hey, my, my sons will take care of it and I won't talk to them and then he's talked to them every day since. So Yeah. I, she's putting on the putting on airs as though she's taking the steps. She's so it's I don't know. I find I find the whole thing interesting that she is now in the West Wing. Right. What what purpose does she serve in the White House? Uh, she's, uh, I'm so torn on Ivanka. I don't know what to make of her. She is a privileged skinny white bitch. <laughs> but she seems somewhat level headed, but I don't know if that's bullshit. Is that an official title? <laughs> uh I think she's just advisor to the president. Yeah. Oh, not again. It is an unpaid position. Everybody is a goddamn advisor to the president. I think yeah. she's going to. F- but could this be a good thing? Like, she, could she like rein in his? She is a moderating craziness? influence. Yeah, I mean, she is going to function as the the uh, first lady. I think. I think Ivanka. Well, yeah, wants we know a- Melania is never yeah, going Melania, to Washington. Sorry. Melania wants no part in this. So I think Ivanka is going to function, play that part, which daughters have before. It's not unheard of. So she will meet, you know, do the state visits. I think the, the, you know, Melania and with the Japanese premier's wife did, was, was, did not good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think Ivanka is going to play that role and she'll do it fine. But do you think she could curb his like, could or will that he does? at moments? Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I just can't figure it out. Yeah. Well, again, because I'm so gray on Ivanka to begin with. He's, yeah. He's not controllable though. I mean, she, she can, Nudge him in directions every once in a while. She nudged him to meet with um, Al Gore the one time. Didn't make a difference. I, I have a quick question about Trump, and I know that we're running long on time, but is it possible that he is innocent of all this Russia shit going on and that everybody around him is actually guilty and he just doesn't know it and they're using him in a way? Because he does not act like a man who is guilty of anything. <laughs> the, the tweet the tweet storm that he put out after when Comey was um, testifying? After. He did it during, and they fact-checked him during the yeah. hearing. Right. He twisted what Comey said in his tweets that in an impressive way. <laughs> no, I think he is guilty. I think he has... Yeah, he's 100% guilty. He has holdings in but, Russia. They have blackmail stuff on him. All of that is right, true. Right, but like having business dealings in Russia is not against the law. Lying about I'm it I'm just is. saying, the, the collusion and all that shit, if you were guilty of this shit, would you do the things that he does? <laughs> I like, don't think anybody would do... The constant praising of Putin. <laughs> it just seems so counterproductive. To not having the finger pointed at yeah, you. Yeah, but he's he's grew up with a silver spoon. He's never been held account for anything. He's gotten away with every lie he's ever told. Mm. He's never been accountable to anybody but his father, at, I'm assuming, at one point. Mm. I don't see why. Yeah, I, I think he th- thinks he can get away with it. He could get he's away with anything. Away. Right. He's gotten away with everything else. With, you know, very few exceptions. He's always won. He's still a high school bully. Yeah. I know, but even a high school bully who commits a crime just wouldn't yeah. <laughs> just would keep it on the DL for a while. 
Like, he just seems so stupid that, like, I don't think he really knows what happened. I think that everybody else around him does. No, I think... They I, know what he did. I think he's, he's just like, I like Putin because Putin's nice to me. <laughs> no, I think he's just that stupid. Like, uh, who was... Uh, I can't even remember because all these other people... He's uh, he's an older one of my nemesis is... Uh, what's the affluenza kid's name? Oh. Oh. Well, no. Something douchey. What, yeah, <laughs> but he's the affluenza kid. Yeah. Yeah. Is our president because that kid does the same thing. He's a hundred percent guilty, but he's like, "Hey, look at me! I'm I'm on parole, but I'm taking pictures of myself drinking at this party." And I'm like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I want him to be guilty as fuck. <laughs> I want him to go to jail. I wouldn't right. say it's a hundred percent that he is uh, guilty, but it's damn close. I, I think right. he has – he definitely has ties and holdings in Russia. I think it, that it'll take him down. So do you want to bet? Do you think that he will be impeached or otherwise taken out of office before the end of four years? I say he quits before that. It, oh, he won't quit. There's no way. His ego will oh, let him. Oh, no. He will absolutely yeah, he's quit. Got he resigned. hates this fucking job. Yeah, he's got resigner <laughs> all over him. Hmm. Remember, I said he's going to resign, but say he – because he got everything done that he wanted to get done. Maybe. So he'll say, and, uh, claim a health issue. Claim he misses New York. No, he won't even do that. He'll just be like, because that's a, that's another sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. He'll just be like, I did everything I set out to do. I got the things done. Now it's time for Mike Pence to take over. It will be I'm a out. complete bald faced lie. So that would that would right. that would fit. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't sleep, and he's running himself ragged, and he's freaking out over every little news article. I think he's going to uh, have a stroke or a heart attack. That's that's where my money is. Sure. He certainly hates the job. Yeah. He wants to be in Mar-a-Lago all Who the time. Who knew the president was, you know, so important? <laughs> uh, this job is hard. And on a quick side note b- before we go, not that I'm telling you to end your show, right? <laughs> so you know how the, after the wiretapping thing, they Sean Spicer made the statement that uh, – and Trump did too – that they got their information about – uh, Britain's involvement in it with the G, what is it, the GCHQ or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Saying that they were the ones who tapped them and they gave the information to Obama. And then when they were like, well, you know, MI5 and MI6 are denying all this stuff like that, uh, Trump was like, well, I heard this on Fox News from a very talented judge and that judge happened to be Judge Napolitano. Uh-huh. That piece of shit who's always on Fox News, he's their legal expert. He's an idiot. Yeah, he's, he's a giant idiot. And he was kind of like th- – he basically threw him on the bus. He's like, you have to take it up with those guys at Fox. I heard, that's where I heard that from. <laughs> By the way, that was our president saying yeah. that. Um, <laughs> heard it on so the tweet. So immediately after that, you know what Fox did? They just released him from Fox. Yep. He's no longer going to be on Fox anymore. Well, he's been temporarily sidelined. Right. Hmm. Now, the funny part about this story is I came into work yesterday and what is a framed picture on our fireplace mantle – is my boss shaking hands with Judge Napolitano, who he just met a few days ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. Cold. I'll take a picture of it and you can upload it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to hear that because, man, I hate that guy's face. Yeah. And everything that comes out of it. Yeah. So the one thing that I wanted to bring up this week that I haven't yet, I was saving it to last, unfortunately. <laughs> We're probably not going to talk about it too much. Maybe we'll talk about it next time. The Southern Poverty Law Center. This is a group that does a whole bunch of good stuff. Uh, they fight for people's rights. They, I mean, just look them up. They, it's, it's a good organization. However, it came to my attention that they have an article on their website that was posted in October that it puts up profile of 15 people who they have called anti-Muslim extremists. 
and they have labeled these people as propagating hate speech. I don't know 13 of these people. That's not true. Uh, I don't know most of these people. But two of the people on their list as propagating hate speech are Ayan Hirsi Ali mm. and Majid Nawaz. And hmm. I have been, I've, I've read what these people have written. I have, these people should not be on this list. They are highly critical of, not Islam, but um, yeah. Islam fundamentalists and the far right of Islam. Well. And am, also of moderate Islams for not standing up. Right. Ayan Hirsi Ali is critical of Islam in general. In general, yeah. Majid is also fairly critical of Islam, but he is he still considers himself a Muslim. So mm. he is critical more of the, the, the far right, the fundamental, the Islamists, the jihadists in, in Islam. But these people have been labeled by the Southern Poverty Law Center as being propagators of hate speech. Because for Ion specifically, she said that we should defeat Islam, that we are with war with Islam. And that Islam is a destructive, nihilistic cult of death. That's pretty harsh. I mean, to <laughs> to the moderate Muslim who is not doing anything bad and who is trying to reform the religion to you know just as Christianity was reformed, that's that's pretty harsh. While so, that may be harsh, it's harsh against the idea of Islam. It is not saying that she has never said that all Muslims participate in a cult of death, that all Muslims should, that we are with at war with Muslims. She is speaking out against the idea of Islam. Because, I mean, this is something that Sam Harris goes into quite a bit, quite often, is that if you look at the fundamentalist Islamist, they are strictly obeying the word of the Quran. Sure. Well, so is a fundamentalist Christian. You, you right. can make the same argument about them. So you can't say that Christianity is a, you know, a, a destructive, destructive, nihilistic cult of death. I mean, you could. I, mean, I, think, you I think you that? could. <laughs> yeah. I think you could. They, are, they, they worship the idea of vicarious redemption. They worship the idea of human sacrifice. It's an unnecessarily harsh way of addressing people. I don't think that your mother is a part of a destructive nihilistic cult of death. I think she's partially complicit in it. I mean, she is <laughs> if the church if the church were to, to she completely believes all those stories. She completely yeah. believes the story of Noah, she believes she believes the story of Jephthah, the guy that, you know, burned his his virgin child on an altar, and she I mean, I'm not saying that she's a destructive person. I don't want to say anything like that about about her. Hmm. But she is complicit in believing the religion. And if you have a fundamentalist Christian who comes out and kills people, she, I mean, no, she would not be behind that. But she's participating in a religion that instigates that. Well, I, I guess. The, or the, aids it, in instigating it. So, so the, I guess the question is, are, is there anything redeemable about Islam or Christianity or any other religion, Judaism, that can you reform it and you know so the christian reformation made it so that it wasn't you know a horrible cult of death so islam could have a similar has and for most moderate muslims it has had a a moderation to it so um, i don't even think that question i don't even think that question needs to come into play neither one of these people are speaking out against muslims neither one of these people are attacking muslims they're attacking the idea of islam they're attacking the religion actually hmm. majid is a is a muslim 
So he is certainly not attacking the religion. He still considers himself to be a Muslim. So sure. I'm just saying I think that I, – I guess my point is the Southern Poverty Law Center is in that part of the left where if you say something negative and people get offended that they're going to have issue with you. And I, I think that they – I think that they've, they're taking it a little too far. Well, I mean, I think even people like the the ACLU sometimes take things too. I take that back. They don't take things too far. They defend things that I don't necessarily agree with, but I understand why they defend them. So I think you could make the same argument similar. What she, I don't think the language that they use and the way that they say things are helpful to a a calm discourse and a conversation about understanding each other's viewpoint. They come in with such a um, harsh language that they immediately put everybody on the opposite. They immediately push people away. You cannot have a conversation when you're having, when you start out with language like that, when you publish language like that. I would argue that when you write a script for a movie and make the movie with, uh, you know, and the, the, your director is then killed, uh, knifed in the street be, because of that movie with a uh, note left pinned to them saying that uh, you will be next, that you have the right to speak out against the religion that was behind it. Because that's exactly what happened to her. Yeah. So her words are strong, but she has been friends with people who have been killed because of uh, her leaving the religion. And her movie was about women and Islam. So I don't know. I, I, I still think that she has the right to... Uh, to say these things and not be labeled as a, you know, hate monger. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I think she has raised the the level of language to a non helpful. That does that make her hateful? I think her personal circumstances have might have made her hateful, but she has a right to be. No response no. from me and Jared. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like this showdown. I don't want to come between. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was I'm gold too. And. Uh, <laughs> Oh, see, I didn't want to come between, but now that I'm officially between, uh, Ray's completely correct. You're wrong, Karen. Sorry. <laughs> um, there is no need for hand-holding in this situation to label someone guilty of but terrorism and hate speech. Hate speech, specifically. Right. Because they are opposed to specifically a religion that written into the dogma is... Death to apostates, death to the atheist. Like, if you follow this religion, get on board with killing because that is the standard. That is not the extreme. That is the standard in that religion. So the moderates need to be on board with killing because that's the rules. But that's also in the rules in Christian religion. It's just that people don't follow them anymore. And they've come around to the understanding that, okay, some of these, and, well, and I understand that some of the rules they still are pushing and that are incorrect, but a lot of the rules, they have just kind of pushed them towards the back. Why can't Islam do the same thing? That should be the argument. Not that... Then why not push a few Islam. more to the back and just keep pushing and just dump the religion altogether? But she says we need to defeat Islam and we are at war we, with Islam instead of truth. saying we need to moderate We Islam. don't. We need to defeat it. She's not <laughs> wrong. Religion is the great divider. Religion helps put people in groups and say, if you're not in my group, all other groups are the enemy. Stay away from them or destroy them. I would say Agreed. that... Uh, I, I would make the case... 
that making turning Islam into a moderate religion, much as the way Christian most of Christianity has become, is a defeat of Islam. Because the current currently we don't have that, and the reason I say that is because. A lot of uh, – way too many Muslims believe in killing apostates. Way too many Muslims believe in killing people who have committed adultery. Mm. It, like, like Ian said, the, the, the death, the death aspect. Until we get the, the percentage of people who are Muslim and want to kill for defaming the Quran down to like 1% or less – that it still needs to be defeated. (laughs) But the the problem is, is when you go in with language like this, you're only pushing them to be more extreme. If you have a dialogue with people and you come to a common understanding, it's much more constructive. This, This language only makes the extremists more extreme and the moderates more extreme. So you think that discussion of religion is occurring on a rational plane? Not today. And not a faith-based plane? <laughs> not today, it's not. That's where we need to get to. Until you can have honest, open conversations with people, you're not going to get to a position of understanding and, and, you know, understanding of the common good. I understand where you're coming from. I just don't, I just don't the, think that that's possible. The reality, yeah, whether we can actually do it, I don't know. But the alternative is is scary. The alternative is we start building walls, Freaking Trump wants to do. And we start dividing up the world into the places where we can go and the places we can't um, go. No, I don't think that's true. I mean, I... Well, sure it is. If, if people... I don't, I don't think if, it's one extreme or another. I don't think that just because I am against Islam that I can't be friends with a Muslim. I, I think that as long as that person, you know, respects other people and their right to need, live and their right but, to believe other things, I... Uh, but we need to defeat Islam. We're at war with them. I, I am at war with Christians. I'm at war with Christianity. I'm not at war with Christians individually, but I don't like Christianity and I want it to stop influencing itself in my life. So I, 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 don't, I don't think the words are that harsh. I think that uh, I think that the idea that that people who say these things are inflaming inflaming the problem. I think the problem is there anyway. It's just it's just bringing it to more to light. I don't think the help. My opinion. <laughs> hey, listen, the world's crazy. Shaq thinks the Earth is. Oh flat. my god! I completely <laughs> forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> Why do we care what a basketball player thinks? <laughs> it's just astounding. Because more and more people are starting to agree with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. I think we're done with that argument, at least for now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good- I'm sorry. I got completely distracted while you guys were doing that. <laughs> sorry. By an article I read about Trump six lawyers after teen who made game where he gets attacked by kittens. What? what? A teenager made a website where you can have kittens attack Trump's face and they sent him a cease and desist. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I can see that. He's the president. You can't have violence happening to the president. Yeah, they're kittens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand, but <laughs> them's the rules. <laughs> right. Hey, fine. <laughs> but it's okay to make Obama stuff with the Hitler mustache? No, Come it's on. not. But, uh. <laughs> Again, as long as you're not promoting violence against him. If you just think he would she look... She changed the name of the website. It was TrumpScratch.com, but now it's uh, KittenFeed.com, if anybody wants to go play the game. <laughs> I think I need to. She's not taking it down, by the way. Nice. <laughs> All right, I think the, I think that's all we have for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed that discussion. If you have an opinion on that or anything else, feel free to uh, go to profaneargument.com and leave your comment. Uh, I'd also like to encourage you to check out the soon-to-be-named network. I'm not even going to attempt to read off the number of podcasts that are on there now. 
<laughs> so many. There's, yeah, there's there's a whole lot of choices. Uh, if you like video games, if you like uh, particular video games, or uh, just TV shows, or <laughs> anything in general, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. Check it out, soon to be named network.com. I want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you. Good night. And may your God go with you. Tired of pretending, I'm pushing out